Hello everyone and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host Ryan this week and joining me as always my co-host Crofton. How's it going Crofton? Hey it goes well Ryan. Uh, I'm a bit sore. I will be honest I am trying to turn over a new leaf by doing a little bit of the Ring Fit game on Nintendo uh, Switch. I've kind of worked it into my my life and I'm trying to up it a little bit. Now I'm starting to get used to it, starting to feel good. So, uh, so yeah, a little bit sore. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, I was, um, I also had ring fit adventure and, um, you and whirlwind were, were playing it and checking in every time you did. And I thought, you know, experiencing it, Ryan, experiencing it. What did I say? Playing it. Like it's a game. It is is my life a game to you, Ryan. No, no. It's not. Um, but, well, here's here's the thing. Like, I, I thought, you know what? I have that. I, there's no excuses. I really should be doing it as well because it is no joke. That game, um, it feels silly. There is a talking ring that you squeeze in the game and it talks to you. And it's um, it's you can turn that voice off, I'm pretty sure. But uh, like it, it, it really... It, if you you put in you get what you put into it and if you really if you really go for it, those exercises like that you're doing are uh are real exercises you just happen to be holding a, a plastic ring while you do it and um i think uh i started a couple of weeks ago as well and i uh, i know you were look you told your injury story on the show and and how it you were sort of oh right yeah i did yeah for uh for a couple days. that was like the that was like the gatekeeping injury and now I'm just like, now it's good. Like I, that had to, ha- you know, it's getting back into exercise, pushed it too far. And, and, and now I'm, I'm good. So I, and feel like, like, especially the stretching and the, the different, like I always do at the beginning of every workout, there's, they ask you if you want to stretch at the beginning. I always do that. And I think that that alone, like taking the time to do that every day is important. So it's like, it's really great in terms of baby steps to on road, you want to exercise. Yeah. On ramp, whatever. Yeah. Something. Yeah. My reference made sense. No, it does. And um, I had a similar, not injury, but like sort of like a, a sore uh, shoulder. So I must have done something with my shoulder. And I think it was after a ring con workout. And then I slept on my side on that shoulder. And I think it aggravated it even more. And it was just kind of like it was sore and bothersome for, for a good couple days. And I was uh, I was thinking about. Thinking about uh, our conversation about when you when you injured yourself playing uh, ring fit and it's like you know what it's true like it it really is like a workout if if you get into it and I think uh, I think in that case I probably was because you're you're pushing in on the ring con or you're pulling out on it and I think that can can aggravate your shoulder if you're not used to it uh, but um, you know I got uh, Ashley got into it as well so Ashley started Good. doing it too and uh <laughs> exercise club exactly yeah and because she uh she doesn't have as much time so we're we're doing our ring fit like at lunchtime on our lunch break yeah me too uh, and i think we talked about the i'm not sure we talked about on the show what the best time for exercise is fitting it into your life but but uh if not we definitely talked offline and i told you that my preferred time like just mentally and like when i feel ready and when i have the energy and all that it is lunch and that's really like with my kids at school that's a time i know that i kind of have to myself especially when i'm working from home right so i appreciate that 
Lunchtime's yeah. the best time. Yeah, I agree. So I, I have the option to work out from home at lunch because I'm working from home most days. But uh, Ashley doesn't work from home, and when she's not working from home, she uh, she only she has Isabel home with her, so she hasn't been able to fit it into her lunchtime schedule. So actually, last night, once we got all the kids down, by the time we got everything set up, we have a treadmill downstairs as well. We we alternated. We did Ring Fit, and then we went on the treadmill for a bit. So we swapped halfway through, and uh, that was like nine o'clock till ten. And I was like, oh, I was so exhausted, and that was. That was last night, and I felt like I, <laughs> I killed a whole evening. Like, you know, you you get a couple hours to yourself at the end of the day to you know relax or catch up on on whatever you need to catch up on, and uh, we just we just exercised and then <laughs> went to bed. Um, but you know, that's when we were able to fit in. And I, and I said to Ashley, like, "Oh man, I don't I don't know if I could do that more than you know one day a week uh, on top of you know trying to fit it in during the day too." But um, we're just, you know, we're trying to, to fit it in. I know, uh, I said to Ashley, like, I swear, like, you know, ring fit adventure, you might've, it might seem super silly, like on the surface, the way that all the voice acting works and you're, 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 you're fighting, you're facing off against like a giant dragon. That's always sweating. Um, yeah, so. working out like a jacked. He's, if I was jacked like that dragon, I tell you, I would not be needing ring fit. Yeah, exactly. So, but she, uh, she, she got through the the silliness of it, and she's she's enjoying it. So we're both doing Ring Fit Adventure. It's funny how that's like not even something I needed to overcome at all. Like I was no. just like, I know, know that's the same a, for me. But it's it's a cartoony whatever workout game. But like you see these, like do you remember the Wii? F- I never played it, but Wii Fit and the Wii Yoga Lady. Everything was so like clinical and without personality and anything this game is so well crafted it's just crazy like from all the uses for the ring the mini games that they have um uh, as well as the uh as well as the main you know the main sort of levels and then you can get side quests it all it all works together and it's done all so tongue-in-cheek with the characters like you're making smoothies to give yourself power and it's very much like a vr game in the sense that like everything you do requires like some sort of like motion you know if when you're making smoothies you have to squeeze the juice out yourself or whatever like everything is is interactive in that way and and it also then will ask you after a few levels like it'll sort of say you can check your pulse which is awesome as well like just by touching the 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 Wii sensor and I love that it gives me a sense of like how energetic or what type of exercise if I can if I need to push it further and then after you play like uh, you know a twenty minute half hour session it'll it'll give you like are are you know this would be a good time to stop type deal and for me who doesn't want to go and like you know start with a personal trainer and figure out all these routines and all of this i really like the structure that it gives to my exercise time and i i kind of look you know like i it's not that i look forward to it but i don't dread it and that's something and then afterwards i generally i'm starting to feel better so i'm gonna try to stick with it i don't know if once i finish the campaign if you know, because there is this like, a silly story, uh, but you know, I do all the optional stuff, do all the extra stuff. But I, I really think, like, and Ryan, you know how, how I came to it. One of the re- reasons I came to it was was that Gwen and I were like, uh, my daughter and I were were 
going through the the switch catalog like to see if we had games that we'd forgotten about that we could reinstall or like you know we were just going through the switch catalog so i sorted it by um time played like the amount amount of time played each game so then you know number one is like animal crossing and two stardew valley and three zelda breath of the wild like you know it makes sense fourth mario kart or whatever all all that sort of stuff makes sense makes sense um and then then I, i scroll down right to the bottom and uh second to last is ring fit adventure and probably the game that cost the most money um of all of them and uh i had i had played it second to last and gwen was like what's that one and i was like um that's the exercise one she's like wow you never play that (laughs) and i and i was like thanks gwen and 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 then she's like you know seriously you should play that and i was like okay so now i'm starting to play it and every once in a while i will check my time played switch games and see if ring fit is moved up. And whenever it passes another game, I'm like, Oh, moving up the ranks there ring fit, you know? So it's my little meta game I'm playing. Oh, you know, whatever it takes. And I think like, I'm, I'm also looking forward to playing as well. Cause like, honestly, like it is, there's a game in there. It's sort of an RPG type system where you're, you're leveling up consistently, like you're you're progressing through worlds, you're doing side quests, like it is a really good structure. And it just goes back to the fact that like really the only company that's been able to pull off these type of experimental games is Nintendo, you know, like and consistently and, and keep going back to that. What if we made a game that was just you building stuff at a cardboard? What if we made a game that was you designing other games? What if we made a game that was just filled with a bunch of little five-second games? Like, no other company does this like Nintendo does. They they experiment, don't get me wrong, but, like, they don't consistently go back to, let's not just make another Halo, let's not just make another Uncharted, let's, let's make something. That said, I'm surprised there's no sequel to Ring Fit yet, or yeah. one announced, because, like, it's sold a lot. A lot of people have the ring, uh, you could sell a version with the ring or a version without, but like I, I could just imagine, like you, you know, you come up with new, new exercises or or new things, or like you supplement it with another peripheral as well. I feel like the value is still there for for folks because again, like I wonder, like I, I, there's all this stuff like custom workouts, all these different things that you can do, but. Uh, that I'm sure I will tap into once I finish the adventure mode, but I just wonder if I'm going to like fall, fall off at anything. It's a gateway into exercise. Cause I felt really out of shape. I'm already feeling a little better. And that by the time it's over, I feel like, okay, you know, maybe I'm willing to do higher level stuff. Now uh, it provides a good gateway in that regard. So, I, I mean, I really, I, I really like it. I highly recommend it to folks that are like feeling like they want and. and you know, you can you can set the difficulty. Like I, I've been upping it. It's kind of satisfying when you're like, okay, you know, I think they ask you at the end, how did it feel today? And you're like, oh, uh, you know, next time I'll do it a little, little more. And uh, um, or 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 no, just keep it as is. Or you know, that was too much. I like when I first played, I decided I was smart to say like turn it down from where it was last time, but I should have turned it down even further. Like than than where it was last time so 
Uh, it took me a while to find that spot. And uh, once you do and you're honest with yourself and then you build up on it, it's it's great. So, yeah, I know. Really cool. Uh, and uh, I like the girls seeing me do it, too, or like seeing me seeing me play it. And I, I had at least one session with both of them, like trying to do this stuff with me. But it is kind of like because it it is ring fit, like they can do stuff like squats but they can't really do anything with the ring. Like I have the ring, right? So yeah. there's a lot of things that they just can't do. So it isn't really great group. Like we do just dance sometimes. We've been dusting that off as well. And that's good that you can get a good sweat going on that. But that's fun because we can all do it at the same time. Ring fit is really designed to be a solo experience. Question for you though, Ryan, on, on the ring fit. This is the one design choice I question that they, they've implemented. And it's from RPG. So you get into a fight with enemies and they have a weakness. And the weakness, it's like, you know, the fire, ice, water type stuff from RPGs. But instead it's like, you know, uh, arm muscles, leg muscles, chest muscles. And you see what their weakness is. And if you attack them with their weakness, that you will beat them much, much quicker, right? But... That means you're doing less exercise to to move along in the game, and it's the same with it's the same with like, you know, if you do say say like a guy takes three, you know, a squat session is three squats. Let's pretend it's three squats, and, and but the guy has barely any energy left. If you do one squat, it does the damage, and then the and then the guy dies, and you don't have to do the two others. So. It feels like there's it, it does give you some shortcuts to exercise. And the video gamer in me always wants to, I'm like, oh, I gotta hit them with their weakness, right? But by hitting them with their weakness, I'm doing less exercise. So I'm just like, oh, what should I be doing here? You know, mm. should I be avoiding using their weakness? Anyway, I don't know what you think. Um, you know what? I haven't thought about it until just now. I always I always go with the video game logic of of using their weakness and I think I th I think like I've in, I've started to employ so I'll give credit to you and Whirlwind in our Discord chat like I've started to employ like when the game says hey how are you feeling about your skill level do you want to kick it up a notch and I've been yeah. kicking it up a notch by one each time I play uh I told Ashley to do that on her second sessions and um I told her the wrong option she she kicked it up by two so now uh now I'm in trouble, but um, she's like crying in a corner. It's like Ryan, why would you do this? To yeah, me? no, that's that's well. And see, this is the thing: is uh, her her playthrough. She's starting from scratch, right? So, um, and I think I I started. I played a long time ago when I first bought it, and then never really reset my my progress. So I I think I started a little a little higher, like. Similar to what you were saying is that I, you didn't like check the the difficulty level before you started playing again, uh, and your your shoulder paid the price. But yeah, uh, other than that, like also I think um, I know it's tough with timing and stuff because we're playing during our lunch hour. Is the game is very like it does? It's that one time that Nintendo does that thing where it says like, "Hey, you've you've been playing for quite a bit. Are you ready to stop?" And it usually asks you like right around the time where I'm thinking like. Okay, I think I'm done. Uh, the game says, "Hey, you're done. You, you can you can head on out now." Um, I think I might start trying, if time permits, start pushing through that first 
uh, that first dialogue option that comes up to to stop. For me, it's a total time thing. Like I yeah. really don't have the time. Once once I'm down there and I'm doing it, when that pops up, it, the timing is perfect to allow me to eat lunch and to do other things. I would really like it to either do it more than once more often overall or up the difficulty, but I can't push really push past the time because that's the time I got. Right. But I do, I do think if I'm upping the difficulty and I'm not really feeling it after that time, then I need to start maybe even adding like, cause you can always add stuff yourself. Like people get weights that they put around their, their, their ankles or around their wrists and all that stuff. Anyway, I Ryan am proud of us because we are on episode of 90, something of dungeons and diapers and i think this is the first time we've ever talked about exercise which is like when when you're talking about balancing your life with like your family stuff and your and your you know your geek stuff it's like exercise is is one of those things it's like where do you fit it in and like i personally need it to be gamified to really get me in and this does that i think i'm going to dust off the old vr helmet create a meta account and, and start playing some of those because i remember i was playing the beat saber that one with the guns there where you're dodging stuff and i would get a really good sweat going doing those so i i feel like if i could mix mix that up with just dance with with um with ring fit look i know it's not like weight training or whatever but like for a guy that was in total out of shape this is something right yeah no that's a good point is you just gotta you gotta find what works and like you said gamification really helps like i have a, a smart watch that has like a game fitness setting on it so it'll track like your fitness and you can and it's the apple watch so you can fill the rings and such like that so like whatever whatever keeps you moving forward and i think um i think the ring fit adventure is is doing doing really well uh for both of us so we'll continue to check in on that and we have another check-in to do before we get into the dungeons uh even further into the dungeons i'll say and i mean crofton doesn't have like a solid like you know uh, uh drop in here but i'll i'll get i'll give him a clean slate and he can do the the drop in and we'll use it every every episode so crofton Three, two, one, go. Book Watch 2023. All right, cool. And we'll just uh, we'll cut that out. We'll use it every 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 week. So yeah, Book Watch 2023. Uh, you know. So just uh, to be clear, what we're doing here for all yeah. of you new listeners is beyond exercise. This podcast is branched out into another uh, age-old discipline: reading. Um, and uh, I read a book. Ryan went to a place called a library uh, and took out a copy of that book um, and decided he would also read it. Um, and uh, and so now, to keep him honest, we will be checking up with him and his status in Book Watch 2023. So, Ryan, uh, what is the book, first of all? So the book is Thursday Murder Club, as recommended by Crofton. That's right. Good uh, recommendation. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, yes. The book did sound interesting. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I just don't know, I am so out of the loop when it comes to books. Um, and, and even when I was reading a lot, I will be also completely honest. It was mostly video game adaptations like uh -huh. Warcraft and Halo. Yeah. Again, Halo books. Yep. Doesn't surprise anybody. So, nope. uh, and before that it was like, uh, well, I was, 
uh, I was reading like I was a kid, so I was reading like I think it was like Animorphs at the time. So uh huh, Animorphs. That'll help. Yep. That'll take you way back. That wasn't something I was. That was like that was decades ago. Anyways, um, I don't even know where those books are. Honestly, they're probably taking up space at my parents. That's not the point. The point is, and this is being book watch 2023. <laughs> Time is up, folks. Yeah, you and can, uh, you can really so tell. At, as your teacher, I have to grade that book report, Ryan, and I have to say you're going to get an F. Uh, at no part other than saying the title one time did you talk about anything that was in the book, where you were at, what you thought about the book. You did indicate at one point in your report that it, quote, sounded interesting. Uh, <laughs> but aside aside from that, nothing. But I'll tell you what, I'll give you a little extra time uh, on this because it's the inaugural edition of Book Watch. Uh, you can you can get a little extra time, so go. You're nearly giving me a panic attack. Um, yeah, so I have gotten in fifty pages, and I will say I've gotten to the to the first real murder. If there's more than one murder, I don't know, but I've gotten to the first murder. Oh shit, Ryan! I have to admit here, I thought that this was a joke segment where. <laughs> Where we were going to get to uh, you indicating that you had read the first two pages or that you'd read the first chapter in a book where the chapters are two pages. Oh, the chapters um, are very short. Yes. Yeah, they're very short, which I liked. For somebody who hasn't read for a while, it allows me to onboard a lot easier. Um, I'm being like, oh, I can look, this is really short. I'll just read this, these two pages. But so you read, you're at 50 pages. That's like, honestly, good job, Ryan. That's, oh. uh, you did, you're, you're doing a, you're doing the Lord's work. Well, thank you. Yeah, it felt, uh, look, it felt good. And honestly, I was trying to, I'm trying to find like more, you you know, uh, times to read that make sense. Like rather than try to force it in, I'm like, you know, would it make more sense to read? Like you said, their chapters are like sometimes three or four pages. Would it make more sense to crack open the book, get a chapter in as opposed to like skimming through the phone when we've been connected all day, you know, like just, just open the book phone will be there tomorrow, Twitter, what have you. And I think like, that's what I've been trying to do again, going back to like trying to be, as you said, like healthier. And like, I think I'd rather read a book about, uh, about old pe old people trying to solve a murder than, than try to figure out what the hell's going on on Twitter. So it's probably a little bit healthier, but um, yeah, I did renew the book at the library. It was as simple as clicking a button, on a website. Uh, so nice work. If someone is waiting for Thursday murder club, I'm sorry. I am reading it now. I felt terrible, uh, renewing it, but I am going to read it. And, um, there were no holds. So it's not like someone was patiently waiting. So, um, yeah. So I've, I, that's book watch. I think J Jesse gave me, um, as a gift for Valentine's day, the next book in this it's now there's three books now and uh and she got me the second one and so i've just read the first chapter of it last night in fact um and uh and yeah it is fun so like i this is not news to anybody that watches tv series or uh or reads book series or whatever it is really fun when you are reading a series uh because you your onboarding to the next book is so much faster because you know all the characters, especially if the author isn't cruel and like throws you into a deep end with a bunch of new characters before you meet the ones that you know. 
But like it really like if you finish the the last book and you roll into this one, you read the first chapter, you're like, oh, this is great. These are all these people that I already know. Uh, it's like watching, you know, you watch the first episode of The Office or any show you're getting. OK, who's this guy? Who's this guy? But by, you know, halfway through season, it, like the season premiere of season two, you're just glad to see all these characters again. And that's the same thing with the second book in the series. It's just like, oh, this is great. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, he's so like this. Oh, she's so like that, you know. Um, and so it, it's made it I, – I can already tell it will be a lot easier start than that one was for me. Um, so, uh, so yeah, no, it's uh, – and it appears to still be good. So they're, these are like – for those who missed the previous episode, they're like cozy murder mysteries in the sense of like the only murders in the building, glass, onion, knives out type style. Like they're not, you know, super depressing, blah, blah, blah. They're funny and also kind of like – feel nice or whatever so yeah i uh i i will see we'll see uh like the ring fit see we did that episode of better crofton and now maybe you'll be a better ryan and we can do an, an episode called the better ryan maybe maybe uh well speaking of ryan's uh, like i also took up heroin i'm like god <laughs> well, damn it ryan i did not uh let the record show i did not do that um, but, uh, you know, but speaking of better Ryan, I, uh, I, I started something else that I feel like, uh, is, is indicative of me needing to get better at video games. And I started Elden Ring. Um, oh, snap, man. This is just candy for Crofton. I know this episode. This is like, you listen to ev- all my opinions from last year. You're like, you know what? I'm going to listen to our podcast and be like, oh, Crofton suggested some good shit. <laughs> um, but, uh, but like, yeah, Elden Ring. So how far are you? So, uh, how far am I? Well, I guess, I guess the easiest way to explain how far I am in terms of like, to someone who's played before is I've, I've finished the second boss, like the guy who has the dragon on his arm, the dragon head boss. I don't know if that sounds familiar. Godric? Yes. Yeah. So I finished him. I did him in one shot too, which was, I was really impressed by, honestly. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I appreciate that as well. I believe I also did him in one shot, but it was not due. It was due to having, <laughs> having been stuck a long time before and have gotten really strong i think right because you know like that's what that, at least what happened to me because he's at the end of that and i found like i will say ryan like that first castle um the i found it to be like looking back it was like one of the hardest parts of ah. the game like i felt like from not that it got significantly easier but maybe i leveled my, i started being slightly over leveled or whatever but it just things got things got easier from that point getting through that castle the one that you're that you just did i found to be really tough like you know um the the entrance there's all these archers or whatever and then like going around the side there's these murder birds with like swords for yeah, or something those guys suck. <laughs> yeah so so it was just like all the and then you go and they're in the door and there's this knight that is just death knight or whatever and i was like oh god so i found i found all of that to be really difficult um and uh the game but the game clicked for me shortly after that or around there like that's where uh, it really clicked for me when you go into the next area after that, they do kind of, they have a step out moment, like in the, the Bethesda games where they reveal this whole thing. And I remember being like, Oh shit, this is 
this is going to be sick. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I feel like you're either, you're either in it now or you're going to drop. I like, you're now in that, that point of like making a decision. Yeah, I do. I do need to, uh, to get back into it because, um, I haven't played this week yet, but I had a good string of a couple of weeks playing. So I streamed the first, my first like three or four hours with it. Uh, just the reason I'm playing, uh, not only because Crofton recommended it almost a year ago to, to this day, but um, uh, for actual life, it was mostly why. Yeah, mostly, mostly. But I also hit one of my extra life goals, which was to stream extra life and or stream Elden Ring and uh I was joined I had I had some help so I had Travis uh and LC from our TGI Discord uh sort of guiding me so I was playing on the PlayStation 5 and I was sharing my screen through the PlayStation 5 to Travis and LC and we were in a PlayStation party and we were chatting over the gameplay and then I was also streaming to Twitch all from the PlayStation 5 which was impressive that it even worked uh and it did and it was it was really awesome because obviously they've played before, so they were kind of like guiding me through. Because uh, one of my biggest hurdles with these huge RPGs is there's so many options, there's so many things going on, and um, where do you put your skills? Like, what do you what weapons do you want to use? So I've primarily stuck with like a sword and shield. I feel like that works really well for me. I need more options to defend myself other than dodging. And parrying, I'm I'm terrible at that. My timing is just absolutely abysmal. Um, so the blockings worked really well. And uh, for the first stream, we got to the first boss and um, completely annihilated me. I couldn't get through it. Uh, so after that, I spent like a couple of nights kind of exploring. Limgrave? Yeah, the southern part of the opening area. And I got to say, like, the, in comparison to other Souls games I've played, I feel like the addition of this open world really helps the gameplay because not only does it give you choice on where you want to go, it actually gives you options on where you want to go. Yeah. So, you know, you're introduced to this like big giant boss that you clearly have to face eventually to progress further into the story. You don't need to go do that right away and you don't need to grind the same five enemies for Souls in the hallway outside, you can then go and explore this whole open other area that has like its own subplot as well um, for you to get stronger and then go back and fight, you know, and there's so much to find in Lingrave and stuff. I, I I definitely find that it is an awesome opening area. Like in the same way that like, you know, the, what is that? Um, uh, in Breath of the Wild, that peninsula? What? No, what was it at the beginning? The, the Great Plateau. In the same way that the Great Plateau area is like one of the great tutorial areas of all time, Lingrave is not that in that sense as it is much more dangerous, but it it, it is also like fairly expansive and has a, a whole southern section, the southern peninsula or whatever, that is that it's a whole, like would be if, uh, as big and open world as many games are, generally you know but like what what you get the appreciation appreciation for as you walk around is how handcrafted it is like especially compared to other open worlds you get a sense that like breath of the wild that there are things hidden all over the place that things the world is very dense and that it's full of like environmental storytelling like you know if you go into a cave that there's going to be something there there might be a 
boss, that there might be like some stuff to find a journal, a story gets progressed or what have you. You walk out. Have you walked out into the middle of the lake yet? Yeah, there's a giant dragon, right? Giant dragon just drops out of yeah. the sky and you're like, oh, God, what is this? You know, and uh, there were a few moments like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few moments like you see this giant pr- procession of trolls pulling a carriage and you're like, what's going on? What's going on with that? God, there's so many guys. It seems like you could never possibly engage with them or whatever. But now then later in the game, it it becomes not child's play, but so much easier. Anyway, it just unfolds bit by bit. And it seems like so such a uniquely crafted game. And yes, Dark Souls plus open world, you can really boil it down to that. But there's just there's so much that's gone into it. Yeah. Yeah, but it is like when you're playing that game, it really feels like as you're exploring, there's just there's so much to soak in. I think right like I just recalled like where I left off last I played as I'm in and it's so easy to describe these locations because they're they're all so unique. So if I explain like I'm in this like really gloomy area this village that's been abandoned everyone's like supposedly dead like i get but i guess it's part of like what happens to these citizens as they age like their legs stop working and they crawl around and when you kill them they like their their blood is like white or something does this ring any bells to you yeah no i know i know where you are yeah so exactly like i'm there now and i'm and i was so we have this we have this group in discord uh travis and lc and i were we're it's uh, Ryan plays Elden Ring or something. And and I'd be like, yeah, this is where I am. And it's like, I think I've kind of explored it all, but I'm not really sure where to go next. Like, I, I probably do need to explore a little bit more. But, you know, there's and, and there's like NPC characters that you can find. And that's how I was able to beat Godric, I think, in the first go is I actually discovered. Yes, the lady, the lady the would help. Right. And she yeah. was she was way better than the guy you could summon for the first boss. But um, I digress. It's just. It's just so it's I I do find those like in terms of criticism, like the the, I wish that the 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 stories, the NPCs, often an NPC will be like it's all very left obtuse. And an NPC will say like, oh, you uh, you know, if you find this, please come back and see me. But it's not tracked anywhere. And then you'll talk to another character and like the quest progression is all mixed up. You almost need guides to figure out like because you haven't I don't think have you been to the round table hold yet? Yes. Yeah, I have. Okay. Okay. So the round table hold, which is sort of the hub world or whatever the hub where you with the merchants and that sort of stuff like there's characters there that you'll see and that you need to talk to but then you need to talk to somebody in the world and come back and talk to them and i find that is not clear like it's not tracked it's not very clear like um and and as much as some people would be say like that's part of the charm like i forgive the game a lot as part of the charm but this is something i think that could have been cleaned up a little bit more um like the I think there's tons of story beats of quest beats like quests that involve characters that you can just miss out on as a player. If you're not tracking all these characters, there's just so many of them and you'll meet somebody in some peninsula and then you're supposed to go back and talk to them after you've cleared some volcano manor, but you'll never think about them again. That was like 30 hours ago, you know? Uh, and so like, it, I, I do find there, you know, I can nitpick all day, but, I again, I had a really great, great time with it. Uh, Ryan, are you going to stick with it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, I, 
I think where I'm at right now is I've got Elden Ring and Fire Emblem engaged that I'm like super focused on. And there's been a few distractions with, uh, I, I started to check out Atomic Heart on Game Pass. I'm not sure if that one's going to get more of my time. I think I might drop that one. It's, um, it's, it's got, the dialogue is just absolutely terrible in it. It's, uh, it's really bad, but, uh, I've also been distracted by, um, they added uh, so I'm a I'm a Nintendo Switch Online subscriber, and they added the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance stuff to Nintendo Switch Online, and like that's those platforms are my that's like the original gaming start for me. Like that's where it really ch- you know clicked. Nostalgia Central for Ryan Murphy, exactly. Like Game Boy, especially like I booted up um, like Tetris. I remember playing like oh, everyone remembers playing Tetris a lot. But like Super Mario Land 2 and Link's Awakening, like I have vivid memories of me playing those games on my original Game Boy to to the to the um to the point where like I can when I'm playing Link's Awakening, I can like feel this like I can feel like playing that game in the back of a truck as we're like going down into like our um uh our not not a cottage area, but we, we used to call it the river where we uh we would we had like a trailer set up and and it was uh it was my dad's side of the family it was kind of like their their camping spot and i and i can recall playing that game while camping and it's just it brings back all those memories of being a kid on summer playing game boy and uh same with the game boy advance a big part of of uh of the games we played growing up and um there's a great selection on there uh minish cap Warrior Wear. I love the Warrior Wear games and to play that original one again, it's been so long. Those are ones that I miss. Like I was a big Game Boy Advance. I was backpacking when Game Boy Advance was out and it was in my backpack and in the evenings in youth hostels across New Zealand, I would be playing Game Boy Advance games. The Minish Cap, that is the only time I played it and I loved that game so much. I played it to death and like would for a long time if you asked me what my favorite Zelda was, it was way up there. And part of it was based on situation, but wary aware I missed entirely. So I am uh I am uh, excited to uh to try some of some of those games. It is funny because I got the Steam Deck, right? And uh when I got the Steam Deck, I was looking at all the emulation stuff right off like they i think i talked about metroid prime and prime hacks and i talked about game boy advance games and all of these things the mu deck like the steam deck really emulates insanely well uh but part of the the issue was that none of these games were supported by nintendo on their official platforms uh you know you can get any of them on the switch and then almost like to the day i get the steam deck they're like metroid prime remastered and all the game boy advance games i'm like what what's going on here but you know what i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty happy about it i think those are they, those hold up really well like and uh, one deep cut uh, on the Game Boy Advance that I loved was Astro Boy the Omega Factor, which doesn't sound like a game that I would like uh, based on it being a super anime game, but it is, it, it's made by Treasure and it's one of these games that like has inspired games like Near Automata, where you finish multiple times and the story gets crazy. It's, it's the precursors to all those. And man, I love that game when it came out. Uh, and so I am hoping you know that it becomes uh you know if they can release alone in the dark the new nightmare game boy color 
uh, I feel like they can get to Astro Boy, the Omega Factor at one point. Yeah, maybe. You never know. They got uh, Tetris on Game Boy, and I think... Well, Tetris on Game Boy. If they were going to release one game for game, they're like, we're only doing one game, but don't worry, it's Tetris. (laughs) Everybody would be like, oh, okay, good. We're good then. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, Well, you need to boot that up, because I think those... I, I think Nintendo's implementation of the emulation and the way that the emulation software allows you to interact with the game. Sometimes it feels like cheating a bit, like you can rewind and you can create snapshots and stuff, but it just, it makes playing those games so much more enjoyable. And I think that, um, you know, both game boy to a certain degree, but more so the game boy advance, like those are games that you could probably be like, you know what? I've never played this game. I'm going to go in and I'm going to play it again or, or, or play it for the first time to completion on the switch. You know, well, Gwen's and, eyes opened. We watched the the sizzle reel, and her eyes were popping at Mario and Luigi, yeah. whatever those games were. And I was like, "Oh man, I never played those. Maybe they would, you know, hold up well on the big screen." I, I just, I'm really glad that, like, and you know, on the Nintendo 64, I thought, like, man, the 64, forget that; those games don't hold up at all. But then I saw the sizzle reel, and there were games that I completely forgotten about, including like Paper Mario and others. Where I was like, oh man, yeah, that would probably be still look good and play play pretty well and hold up pretty well. So, I mean, I we, we will explore some of that stuff. I do wonder for the Game Boy, like when you have a game like when when you have like the Switch with remakes of things, like um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like Link's Awakening has a remake, mm-hmm. and normally I'd be stoked to have Link's Awakening on the big screen, but now I don't care. Like I'm like, well, I have the remake. I wonder if a new user would come in and be like, well, let me try before buying the remake. Let me play this Game Boy version and be like, uh, like, I wonder how it would impact their sales on games that they've remade or if it would Uh, at all, you know, so it's tough. Like, I feel like when you look at Metroid Prime remastered, if they were to re if they were to have the game, it's because I mean, the next stage for Nintendo Switch Online in terms of their virtual console offering has got to be GameCube. Um in terms of a new platform, like to add anything else would, would be just more work. Like the DS would, how do you do DS, you know, with, without um, that dedicated second screen, it's, it where it would work for some games. Absolutely. But you would have to omit pretty big titles uh, just based on the fact that they were designed specifically for the two DS. So the GameCube makes the most sense. I feel like if you were to offer game, like if you offered Metroid prime through a GameCube virtual console, and then tried to sell Re- Metroid Prime Remastered alongside it. Those are close enough experiences where you might cannibalize sales. But I feel like Game Boy to Switch, uh, I feel like that would more be like a selling feature of like play the original, but also play the remaster, like or the remake in this case. Like I feel like uh, that's that's probably a, a farther comparison. But yeah, if you were to bring GameCube games. Nintendo might be reluctant to go any further with other platforms for their Nintendo Switch Online offering because it would get close to their remaster catalog that they like to to pull from on occasion. So although that being said, there's talk that Metroid Prime 2 and 3 will be added to the Switch in some capacity, similar to what they did with um, the Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which were just straight ports as opposed to, to remastered. Or no, maybe those were remasters. No, they weren't. They were just ports. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I was trying to remember. I think they li- they literally did just port them. But um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm I've just been dabbling. I think I've gotten my my 
you know, upfront time with it done. And I'm waiting for a couple titles that they previewed, uh, specifically Golden Sun. Um, you know, we talk about the Steam Deck having such great emulation. And of course, it wouldn't be, you know, super difficult to to put Golden Sun on the Steam Deck. But honestly, now that they've announced it for Nintendo Switch Online, I'm like, okay, I'll wait. And I can't wait to play that game again because, again, it was one of those games that they had two of them on the Game Boy Advance. I love them both. I have, I, I remember them fondly, but like it's been long enough that if I were to play them again, it would probably feel like a, like a, like a new experience. I got a question about those games because uh, I played the first one only. Yeah. Of those games, only once when it was released. If I recall correctly, it ends on a cliffhanger that you you need you then need to like they they were confident enough they were going to get a sequel of which they did my understanding is that that sequel and I could be wrong also ended on a cliffhanger and then there were no other games so the series never got resolved it's kind of like the opposite final fantasy where final fantasies are all self-contained this was like rpg to be continued then you got the next one keeps going to be continued again and then never to be resolved. And if that is the case, I never want to play those games because <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to play some game that's never going to resolve. Uh, but, but uh, maybe I missed, maybe there was an ending uh, with possibility of sequel. I'm not, I'm not sure. Did you remember? Oh, uh, well, I thought there was just the two DS games, but there's actually, or sorry, the two GBA games, but there's a DS game as well. Uh, it's called Golden Sun Dark Dawn set 30 years after the events of the first two games and follows the path of the descendants of the earlier games heroes are you sure that got released did that get released for sure yeah yeah it got released uh, October yeah I I mean I'm looking at the box art it looks familiar but yeah it it was uh, October October through December 2010 that it was released across the world. So, well, huh. you know what was released across the world, Ryan? Oh, I know. God of War Ragnarok, which nice. is the game that I am playing uh, right now, and it is funny because Ryan's playing the the Elden Ring, and I am playing God of War Ragnarok, which are the two games that I think the opposite one of us was espousing for Game of the Year last year both having not played the other one. Um, so uh, Ryan was like, God of War Ragnarok. And I was like, Elden Ring. And you're like, well, did you play God of War Ragnarok? And I'm like, no, did you play Elden Ring? And you were like, no. And so but luckily the daddies are the best game that Crofton played or the best game that Ryan played. So, I mean, you know, we if we didn't play them, then they can't be eligible, right? Uh, so, uh, so it is funny that we're doing the reversal, but yeah, I'm, I'm playing God of War Ragnarok and you know, I'm super enjoying it. It's a really great game. Surprise. Uh, it's really great. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Um, I could nitpick the shit out of that game. Uh, there is a lot of things that I am like, okay. Like, and, and the number one thing that I would just say is that it reminds me a little bit of when an author writes, would write a book or do a movie or whatever, and they'd struggle to get it out. The studio or the, the editor would be like, you need to cut it back. You need to you know keep it tighter, all of this sort of stuff. And then they finally get it out the door, and it's critically acclaimed, and everybody loves it. 
and they all clamor for another one. And then the creator this time, the editor and the, the gatekeepers are like, okay, you've got to keep it tight, remember? And they're like, screw you. I don't have to listen to you anymore. I'm rich. Uh, and uh, it does feel a bit, it does feel a bit like that. Like they, the pacing is all over the map. It needs a, it needs a huge edit edit. Like it would need somebody to go over and be like, okay, that can go, that can be shorter. This is not needed at all. You know, like it really feels like, um, but that said the core bones of it are so good. And also the fact that I, you know, I, I missed, um, like I, I replayed God of War one recently and I enjoyed that, but I knew the story and I remembered it very well. And in this case, I don't know the story. I'm spoiler free. I have no sense of what's going to happen. Is it very much familiar beats? Yes, but it's still really like there's a lot more characters this time around, which makes it like, you know, in God of War 1, I think there's like five characters. There are the two dwarves. No, maybe six. There's like Balder, Atreus, Kratos, and the two dwarves. Like pretty much uh, uh that was it. Whereas in this one, there's like lots of characters and that comes to the game's detriment sometimes, but also like it makes it, you, it always keeps you guessing. You never know uh, what's going to happen. And I don't want to spoil anything, but I just will say there, unlike the first game, there's kind of various play styles. There's a play mechanic in the game that is notable a shift in playing and that shift is handled well and it's done well. But the reality is the style from the original game with the Kratos combos and the weapons and all of that, like that's the best. And like, if you, the you know, as soon as you're not playing that version of the game, you're like, I want to get back to that, you know? And, uh, and also like, I could go on about this game, but it's so interestingly made. Whereas the last one, it had a, big open area that you would explore in this one it's like you go on these missions these story missions from this hub the small like hub space you go on these story missions and then once you complete a story mission you'll unlock like you'll go to a realm like a different world pretty much have a story mission it's like it's very linear very linear and then at the end it, they'll, you'll open up an area inside that world that is much bigger, open-ended, and full of side quests. But you can't even access it till you go through the plot. And it's very interesting. Like, they've done that, like, three times now. And I'm like, okay, so this is how the game is made. Instead of having one giant spot, they have these open areas in each realm. Um, and those are the most – I almost find those are the most fun parts. Like – I like the story. I like seeing where it's going. But when I open up those spots, I'm like, oh, I can explore this area. There's a bunch of stuff. It's where all the treasures and puzzles and different things are. Um, and so, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's really it's really fun. And despite it being long and needing a goddamn editor, I think that I'm in it to win it here. So uh, I think I'm I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna finish it. Very good. Yeah. Uh, did you get to the crater yet? No, no, but I think that I potentially could uh, at this point. Uh, I know when I look at the uh, the the door that takes you places, um, I can go to what is Musselheim, I think it is, and it has it says it lists the missions that are there that are active, and there's a mission called a side quest called the Crater. So I'm assuming that I can probably do it, but 
uh, I I've decided not to go there yet. I feel like there'll be a point where I'm encouraged to go to on side quests. Uh, and right now I'm kind of like in the middle of things and I'm, in, I'm at a point in the game where I'm, I'm remember I told you, and you know what I mean? There's two gameplay modes. I'm in the second mode right now. And, uh, so I don't have that flexibility to go where right. I, I want, um, until, uh, until things switch up, but yeah, uh, it's, it's good. I thought that having played God of War one so much last year, I was kind of sick of it by the end. I thought that I would be sick of this much quicker, but the fact that everything is new and there's that sense of exploration, there's all the cool, the world building they've done. This is the closest thing, Ryan, like I was thinking about it to a Marvel, a Marvel cinematic universe in games almost that I can think of. It's like, it really does feel like Marvel superhero stuff where like there's characters and there is like, family arcs very often very family based and then and, but then there's also all these other characters and they have powers or they have different things and you get to know them and it progresses from game to game like i feel like this could just continue to blow up exponentially you know they could have all these side characters and they they have successfully created like a a poppy type of world whereas the first original god of war trilogy which is Kratos running through the Greek pantheon, just murdering the hell out of things. That was fun too, but I never really got a sense. Like I got a sense of they, they created this character in a world that, that we sort of all know, like we have good visions of these gods. Whereas this world, the Norse world seems like they've really gone to great lengths to characterize all the, the side characters. And I give them full credit, like, you know, Thor, Odin, these are these are gods that now exist through the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we know, like, I have, a, we have an, everybody thinks of Thor a certain way now, like, 10 years ago, nobody did. Nobody really had it. So like to have an alternative version of Thor that is so different than the one on screen uh, or a, an alternative version of Odin or Loki or any of these folks that we know is the, the fact that like I never even think of Thor as being somebody else um, is an amazing achievement in and of itself, right? It would be like a new James Bond coming in, playing James Bond, and me never thinking about Sean Connery or Daniel Craig or whatever, being like, "No, this guy's James Bond," right? So they they've they've totally nailed that with the with the gods. I I, I think in, in the characters that we know from other mediums, um, and so and they don't overdo it on the, any of the fan service, um, but it's very much like you cannot play this game if you haven't played God of War uh, 2018, like the last one, you don't need to play all the original ones, but man, you do need to have played that last one. This one flows directly from that and assumes that everybody playing it played that last one. So, uh, you know, I know some people, a new, a new shiny game comes out, they're like, oh, let's play that one. I, the only thing I could compare it to maybe is The Last of Us 2, where it's like, in that, they say The Last of Us, part two so if you picked it up in the store you'd probably be like oh shit i should probably play part one first you know uh very clear but in this one like i could see somebody picking it up and be like god of war ragnarok that sounds wicked i don't want to play that other one you know i'll play this one but you play this one without playing that other one you are hosed yeah no it's uh it's very much a direct sequel like it feels like you run 
from the first game into the second one. And uh, as you said, it's a, it, it, it feels to me like the closest direct continuation I've played in video games in a long time. And you even referenced the last of us. I feel like, I feel like the last of us part two even gives uh, a good chunk of context to what happened in the first one that, that relates to the second one, you know, um, you would, you would definitely feel the second one more having played the first one, of course, but, um, but yeah, like, I feel like, I feel like God of War into God of War Ragnarok, it really feels like a true movie sequel that we just don't get in video games these days, because honestly, video games are super expensive to make. They take a long time. So they try to maximize the amount of people that can play them. And that includes folks that may not have played the original or played the one that came out on the previous generation of, of consoles. So yeah, uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad you're enjoying Ragnarok and and uh, slowly making your way through uh, the Atreus sections. I mean, I know the game's been out for a while. I, I mean... Whoa! You, I just worked so hard not to say anything and then you're just <laughs> dropping it. You're like, oh yeah, like you play this other character. Blah, well, I mean, yeah. it's one of those things that I've... You could have done that earlier. No, it's true. But I was going to ask. I wanted to ask you, like, because I know... Um, so, you know, rewind in November when I played it, when it came out and Joss and I were talking about it and I, you know, we were trying to figure out like, okay, we're going to talk about this game on the gamers in. And I, I wanted to say, okay, I said to her, like, get to a point where, you know, uh, there's a shift in the gameplay. That's all I said to her because I wanted to make sure like we could talk about that moment because it's a big deal. You know, it's the God of war and suddenly you're not playing as the God of war anymore. And uh, it was a complete surprise for me, and I didn't mind it overall for the whole game. It's a bit of a shock at the beginning, but um, it's a shorter segment, and it kind of feels like one of those similar narrative experiences in uh, other games where it you you are suddenly playing as a different character, and it's for story and gameplay reasons. And I and I always like that. I like that experimentation. I like that switch up. A lot of people can get frustrated by it because they're like, I just want to play as the big giant axe guy. And I'm curious, Crofton, like when you got to that moment, A, did you know that you were going to play as Atreus? Did someone on the internet spoil it for you like I might have done for folks at home? <laughs> or uh, did uh, did you hate it? You know, I'm curious. I So uh, when, when the moment happened, I, I didn't know. I had no spoilers for this game. I didn't know, did not know what's going to happen, but it – when it happens, it's very much not a big deal what's going on at the time. And it's just like, oh, this is interesting. There's like that, oh, this is interesting. But like I have seen similar tricks in similar video games before. And recognizing this, it didn't leave much of a mark on me. And in fact, my first thought was like, hopefully this will not last too long. It's just like <laughs> a story beat. My thought was that it was going to be a story beat that I saw from this other character's eyes, Atreus. Like that I would play through a story beat. Like I control him and, you know, I would talk to some characters and maybe there'd be like some light stealth, but, but it wouldn't be like a fullsome game as him. But I, you know, that I was wrong. It, it, it not only do they give you a bunch of abilities and stuff and his own fighting style and his own way of controlling, like you repeat, you go back and you play as him on multiple other occasions and stuff. So I, I would say like, look, Atreus is like a an awkward teenage boy. Did I did my power fantasy of like wish fulfillment of playing Kratos 
feel less great when I'm playing as Atreus? Yes, even though he's pretty kick-ass in his own right. Um, but, but the first story section where you play as him is very is very interesting. Um, uh, it's not too long. Uh, it's very interesting. And I was sort of captivated by the story. The second time you play as him is the exact reason that I was talking about pacing issues earlier. It is horrible. And <laughs> I like, I, I just, it's tough because it's, it's the quality of the content is not too problematic. Really. It's, it's, it's interesting, but it goes on. The next section is like, and I timed it uh, to over two hours um, and it's very much a walking simulator, um, which would be okay, but you're playing a big budget action game. So your mind is set for that. Um, and honestly, like, I just do not know how that second section and people will know when they get there, they'll ride a yak. That's a tip. Um, but, uh, when you get to that second section and you play through it, you're driven along by the story breadcrumbs, but. But if you know that, like on a replay, that must be horrible because there's barely any gameplay in it. There's barely any action. It's just two characters talking for a really long time. It really felt like it needed to be condensed um, or changed or, or done away with. I don't know. Like we may get payoff for it later in the story, but holy crap. If I wasn't invested, I was like, I was close to dropping the entire game at one point because I felt like it stole an entire evening. I don't have a ton of time to play games. And like, you know, when, when two hours is an evening play session for sure, a long one. And I kept, it took my whole evening one time. And I just kept thinking to myself, I'll just play a little further. I'll just play a little further. I've got to be going back to Kratos or I got to be seeing some action any moment now and it's just like would oh would just never end and uh um at one point there's so many false finishes at one point i'm like okay now it's over and then then she's like i think you should meet my grandmother and i'm like are you out of your mind i'm like i've been doing this for like an hour and 45 minutes um and so uh but, but like then it finds as soon as that section is over, it finds its footing again immediately and you're like back into it and you're like, oh my goodness. So I would never tell somebody to pass on the game because of that section. But it's really like it just feels again getting back to my it needed an editor com comment. I, I sort of feel it did. And the playing as Atreus thing, I'm like, I'm okay with it. I think they put a lot of attention and work into it. Uh, but he's just not as compelling a character as Kratos for whatever reason. And I admit it's probably mostly due to power fantasy stuff. But but um, Kratos is is the dude. Like, he's the guy you want to play. Like, I have no idea how this game ends up. But let's say, for instance, and again, this is just absolute speculation. Let's say, for instance, Kratos dies at the end of this one. And they decide that the next God of War, you're only going to be Atreus, like, and he'll be a man in the next one or whatever. I would say, like, that's a tough sell for me. And I've spent two games with this kid, you know, like, I don't know, you know, like, I in the grooming, the next generation type thing, he, he's still a long way from Kratos, you know, in terms of being a, a character that I want to, like, play and kick ass with so anyway i don't know we'll see where it goes you know all the answers already so it's tough for I you do. i do and i will not spoil them further here i just knew that you got to uh to those segments 
Uh, but you know what? Let's go into the diapers. Let's change some diapers. Uh, yes, there are still diapers involved, even though we've been doing this show uh, long enough. That- do you have any diapers left? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Isabel okay, cool. is still in diapers. I know we do this check-in like every six months or every couple yes. months. And um, Isabel's still in diapers. Uh, she's getting better at stating that she has to go uh, poop. Uh, she will often pee in her diaper and be like, oops, I peed. And I was like, oh, it's all right. We'll, we'll get there. Um, and not just because I don't want to change, uh, you know, all the marketing for this show. I don't, I, I'm, I'm honestly at this point, it'll always be Dungeons and Diapers because we will always remember the diapers and how annoying they are or, or, you know, anyways, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But yeah, Isabel's still in diapers and she will be three uh, in just, just over a month. So she's getting there. She's definitely getting there. The building blocks are there to remove the diapers, uh, from our lives, but not from our podcast. Um, I'm curious, I know Crofton, you've been talking quite a bit here, but, uh, Park Omega, what is that? Oh, you don't know what Park Omega is? No, I don't. Dude, it's, it's, the Omega, uh, it's it's like there's Park Alpha, Park Beta, all the way down to Park. I'm now at the ultimate park, Park Omega. It's a park in, in Quebec near Ottawa where I live. And uh, it is interesting because it's sort of like a zoo um, in a weird way. The animals mostly run free, but like you can drive your car through it. And like feed the deer, like there's deer everywhere and they all come and you can feed them carrots out, out, out of the window and stuff. Huh. And, um, and then there's like big horn, you know, sheep, there's lots of boars and, and like, like, you know, animals from th- these parts, but like roaming free, the wolves are in their own pen. So they're kind of separated. Same with the bears who are hibernating. Um, but there's bison as well. Like, so it's all kind of like North America uh, animals. But the, the big cool thing is you're driving through in your car and these animals are like coming up to your window. And like, if you open your window, like the deer and the baby deer are just sticking their heads right in and you're offering them carrots and all of that sort of stuff. So we, we were looking for an outing for family day weekend. It wasn't too far from us, so we we went there and we did it. Man, was it a mega hit! And the only thing was, I didn't buy enough carrots at Walmart. Like, um, you can buy them at the front desk at Park Omega for a small fortune, but uh, and we you you just like the 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 deer will just come at you. They they know a free lunch, uh, and they'll they'll be looking for some of them carrots. And the girls were just loving it. So yeah, and then they had a sugar shack there, so like they were already putting doing sugar on snow, like maple syrup and maple taffy. So we had some hot chocolate and some of that, and yeah, it was just a great family family outing, and it was fun to get out. We've been really like. I don't know if it's a combination of bad weather or different things, but we've really been stuck at home over the course of the winter. Uh, it's been, uh, there haven't been too many outings like this. Unlike you, Ryan, who every day seems to be at a zoo or at like doing something crazy. Maybe it's your proximity to Toronto, but it's like, maybe let's go to a dinosaur park today, kids. Let's go to Legoland <laughs> or, you know, whatever. So come on, Ryan, regale us. What did you do this time? Well, I mean, you know, speaking of copycats, it sounds like Park Omega is like a. It actually sounds like a fancier uh, African uh, African Lion Safari. So, because uh, <laughs> I was just looking at the website, it's like, 
yeah, that looks pretty fancy. That looks really nice. With um, animals that should be there. No offense yeah. to lions. Hey, no, no. I agree with you 100%. And uh, yeah, speaking of zoos in Toronto's, uh, we went to uh, on the family day weekend. So here's the thing. It feels like we've been really busy since Christmas. Like every weekend we have something going on. And um, that's not my fault. Uh, although I'm more than happy to to go on these outings. But this past weekend really, really did me in because like Sunday we went to the Toronto Zoo. And if you recall, last summer I, we did a podcast where I talked about we bought like a we bought like a family like a, a family pass for the year and a parking pass and all that because if you go more than twice, uh, it basically it, it pays for its it it the value is earned. Um, and we have gone enough to warrant the purchase, which has been nice. And it's not a bad drive for us. It's a, it's under an hour and you don't feel like you need to take the 407, which is the toll highway to get to, to tolerate driving through Toronto. It's on this side of Toronto, you know, closer to Peterborough. So it's, it's much easier to get to. Um, and we went up there for the day. We met my whole family there and we went to the zoo and uh, it was really nice. Although it was, it was a whole day of walking and I made the mistake of, uh, because it's winter, wearing uh, winter suitable boots. And by the end of it, I took my boots off and I'm like, oh, my feet no longer want to work. So uh, <laughs> that was a fun evening uh, of, of like making sure my feet would work again for the next day, which was filled with even more fun stuff for family day proper when we went to uh, a Pete's game, uh, the Peterborough Pete's, which is our OHL team. At least that would have sitting. Yes. Of, well, you know, you say that, and then you remember that this is a podcast about being a parent and having, and I having three kids. Um, it turns out the more kids you have, the more chances are you're going to have to like get up and chase them or get up and take them to the bathroom or get up and go get snacks or get up and go get water or just get up so that they can get up. Uh, because sitting down for three hours is not an easy task. For, for kids under the age That's of... That's why I stopped it too, Ryan. You have no one to blame but yourself. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's true. And I mean, like, it sounds like I'm complaining, but honestly, like, it was Isabel's first game. Uh, so Isabel was, like, really into it, and we won for nothing, which was good. And because uh, you always hate, like, make it, you don't go to many hockey games, you make a big deal about going, and then you, your team loses. A bit of a bummer. But uh, they did really good. They won for nothing. And Isabel was like really interested in it. Um, she was getting into the game. It wasn't too loud for her. Sometimes, you know, our like our kids when they were younger, like loud noises would be really bothersome. But uh, it didn't seem to bother her. She was really into it, and she was like cheering. And like I'd I'd say to her, "Okay, you gotta say go, Pete's go." And then she she'd be like screaming at the top of her lungs. And I mean, that's what the kids love, like because you're in an arena, and you know they have those like they like you know, rip the Minions DVD and then, like, have it playing on the screen of, like, you know, with the big loud letters being like, get loud, go, go, go. And it's and um, so, the, obviously, the kids really enjoyed that. Uh, and every time they scored, Caden would take his shirt off and swing it around <laughs> uh, like like he's uh, trying to get on the, the Jumbotron. Uh, and funny enough, he was on the Jumbotron Sweet. like three or four times. Of course he was. Yeah. So they, he, again, the kids had an It's the best. shirtless kid. He's doing it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I kept saying to him, I was like, Caden, 
Kane, you're up on the Jumbotron. And he's like, yeah, woo. And uh, they- <laughs> Pass me that beer. Laugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, man. Be- you know, here's the thing. Beer's way too expensive. Like, it's like eight to nine dollars for a can of beer. That's insane. That's, yeah, that's the uh, reason you wouldn't give beer to your children at the well, hockey game. Well, I was just thinking in general, just uh, <laughs> you know, drinking you beer You gotta bring general. your own. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't. Sure. I didn't do that either. The popcorn alone was. Uh, I remember we bought popcorn at the start of the game, and I was, I was doing that thing where it's like I shouldn't really care that much about a bag of popcorn, but Isabel wanted to hold it, and I'm like, oh, just please let me carry it. If you spill that like nine dollar bag of popcorn, I'm gonna be, you know, just so upset, so expensive. But like, you're also a kid, and I should let you hold the bag of popcorn, but. Uh, I did let her hold it and like shout out to Isabel. She did not spill the popcorn, which was which was which was nice. But we had a really great time. Good way to go, Isabel. No popcorn spillage, and you're getting good at telling your dad when you're going to shit in your pants. I tell you, it's been a it's a good week for her. Yeah, yeah, she's really progressing in all the right spots uh, in terms of being able to hold on to things and uh, and poop her pants. So there you Ryan. go. Speaking of progressing, uh, I want to talk about uh, something quickly, which is uh, parent-teacher meetings. So um, this is something that is, uh, you know, a little bit kind of tropey in that uh, uh, everybody, you know, thinks about these a certain way. If you're a teacher, you're probably dreading them. If you're a parent, you're – I, you know, like I've always – think that I'm going to be the cool parent, like be like, you know, whatever, like they're doing their best. And, uh, you know, the kids are doing well and they're loving school and everything's going great and all of this. So they'll tell us something and, and uh, we'll just, you know, it, I'll be cool, man. I'll be chill. And, the, and they'll be like, your kid is great. And I'm like, I know, except for this one thing, I'll kill you. You know, like uh, immediate, immediately, uh, daddy gets, you know, uh, gets defensive. Um, and I think that that's, that's like a natural thing that the teachers are probably hate to deal with the parents. It's like, there's this one thing your kid could work on. And, and you're, and you're like, really? Because I think they're pretty good at it. I don't think you know what you're talking about, teacher. You know, but, um, but of course, that is not, you know not what uh what what i'll say my, my wife and i'll have a big conversation about like because we got the report cards and big conversation about like well it says she couldn't do that at the beginning of the year but we know she could do it like this is completely misrepresentation she probably just cut and paste the same thing she puts for all the students you know um and uh and then of course like no we talked with her and you know Clara, who's our youngest, was like at the beginning of the year, couldn't put on her boots or shoes properly, which we she could at daycare, but for whatever reason was not doing it at school. And but now she can do it. So the whole point of the report card was to be like, wow, she's made progress at the beginning of the year. She couldn't do it. Now she could. And I was like, no, at the beginning of the year, she could do it. This is BS, <laughs> but uh, but which goes to show you, like I consider myself a common, reasonable person. But as soon as my kids are criticized in any way, shape, or form, I'm automatically off my rocker. Uh, but yeah, we Jesse did the, most of the you know parent teacher stuff uh, and met with them, and we're just you know we're it was all really good stuff. We were proud of our girls. But what I thought was most interesting is how quick we are as parents to be like, no, there's nothing wrong. You're wrong, you know. <laughs> it's like uh, the default mindset for parents. 
Yeah, uh, it, it's funny. Like we went through this with, I went through something similar with Caden when when we talked about it on the show when he was in senior kindergarten. We were struggling to sort out some behavior issues in class, and we had that reaction. But I think like um, once we we went through the motions of of trying to address it and conversing with the teacher, and then also conversing with the doctor and the principal, and then his grade one teacher. Um, we felt we felt a lot better about it and we were able to like handle the feedback and 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 recognize that you know he did he did need some assistance in that specific regard even if we didn't see what was being described uh in class at home um but yeah like we we got report cards we were supposed to have parent teacher interviews tonight actually uh, before the podcast recording but uh they got canceled due to the due to the weather so i think i have one tomorrow morning and then another uh, next week and i was i was looking at the report cards and like the difference between you know abigail's and caden's the kindergarten format's a little more loose than the grade one so caden is now into a, like a structured grade one he's got grades as opposed to like just um you know good satisfactory needs improvement type stuff so you know, it's, it's like a grading system and I was going through it and it's like, okay, like he's doing really well. And then, and then I think he's, he's, he's got like lower marks and like more of like uh, the arts, I guess. And I think it really comes down to just his ability to listen to instructions probably. Uh, again, I haven't had that parent teacher interview, but I'm just assuming like, that's probably what it, judging by what's written here, even though it doesn't explicitly say it, uh, I can kind of tell, like, I think that's where they're going. So I have to sort, I, I, I have, I have my questions going into the parent-teacher interview, not from a defensive standpoint, but from a, let's figure out what you're saying here so that I can understand this and have a chat with with Caden. Because it would totally be the Caden thing to do. It's like, yes, you've given me an assignment to draw what I did over the weekend, but wouldn't it be cool if I just drew, like, my cool Beyblades fighting? That is, like, Caden to a T. He'll draw some great Beyblades, but that is not what was asked. So, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll see how that goes, but you're right. Like it can be one of those moments. I remember, um, and I remember even having that conversation with my parents. I said like, just what do you do when you get one of these teachers that, that says something like this and, and you just, you, you don't, you can't, you can't even see yourself even coming close to agreeing with them. And they were saying like, yeah, you just have to like, just have the conversation with them and try to figure out. And you know what? You might have that conversation with the teacher and you might still not agree with them in which you just, you have the option to get a second opinion, you know, whether it's from through the recommendations of, of talking to your doctor or talking to the principal or, you know, like, it's not like you're going above their head. You tried to solve it at the, at that level, but like, uh, you know, you, yeah, you have other resources too, but, but yeah, it, uh, it's 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 a tough one to navigate and i think i'm still we're still figuring it out because every kid's different you know you're gonna you're gonna have this with you know your youngest as well and it could be completely different it might not even you might not even run into that situation until later on like grade three four or whatever so it's they're all different and i can't wait to see how isabel (laughs) does when she gets into class that'll be interesting so and that'll be well she's having a good week so i'm sure pretty well (laughs) Yeah, she's having a great week, uh, a great, a, a great week. So we'll, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see how it goes. But, um, you know, honestly, uh, it's, it, like I said, it's been a super busy couple weeks. 
And we didn't even get to talk about, we did mention the library revisit, but um, I did mention Caden said he was bored of, uh, he's getting bored of reading books. So I said to him like, hey, like uh, they have graphic novels here at, at the library in the kids section. And I said, why don't you pick out a few of those? And he's been watching Teen Titans. And I said, like, well, here, pick a Teen Titans one, Spider-Man. And, and he got a Sonic graphic novel as well. So he's enjoying like mixing it up there too. So he's having a good time. Um, I'm, uh, reading the first Harry Potter book to Gwen right now. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's really like, first off that book is really a good kid's book. Like I was, especially for, uh, you know, Gwen's eight, like just in terms of how it's structured, how it reveals all the magic, magical world, just how there's always a hook. Cause She's used to, you know, she's eight, but she likes pictures. She's been reading graphic novels and I've never like, I've never seen her so entranced by a book as this one, you know? And like now, instead of playing Stardew Valley in the evening, when she, after supper, she wants me to read another chapter of Harry Potter. She makes a list of questions she has. It's just funny. Cause she's also like, I'm not sure if you remember the first Harry Potter book, but uh, there's, you know, every Harry Potter book, is based around there is a mystery going on and uh the author uh, is really like plays games with the audience a little bit to misdirect you know especially in the first book towards snape uh they really want you to think that snape is behind is evil and behind everything uh and uh and gwen is totally on board for it like she's like she just thinks that he's the worst and she's like they've got to get him you know they've got to prove it and uh and i find that so funny to watch that and she's also really into stuff like you remember in harry potter there's the gryffindor cup there's the house cup where points get given to each house you know and it's not like the reader has any real sense how many points go to whatever house but every once in a while they'll do something wrong and and a professor will be like 10 points from Gryffindor for your lip Potter and 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 Gwen will turn to me and be like that's not fair those they need those points I'm like you don't even know how many points they have but but the but for her, she live, lives for that stuff. So yeah, it's really, really well made. I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have a challenge beyond the first and maybe second book. She's clearly gonna want to read more. But like the, the, there, are, I can see now that the, the she's the perfect age for this book, but not much beyond this, you know. And I know it go they get really dark and complicated and all of that sort of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it's it, it's fun reading a book to your kid where you're having fun reading it and she's like on on the absolute edge of her seat listening to it it's awesome yeah uh Caden Caden wants to read the Harry Potter books and we were um I was gonna put uh the book on hold at the library and get it the next time we were there and um that is one I would love to read to the kids the struggle I have is something we've talked about on the show before is that, again, uh, I know, Croft, you're going to remind me, this is my fault, but in having three kids and them all being at different levels and having different interests and the house just being so <laughs> damn noisy trying to read a book and Abigail, like, senses it. She can sense that, like, oh, you know, someone needs quiet. Watch this. Let's let's make some noise um, like we're at a hockey game and uh, and she will, you know, proceed to to, to do that. 
But um, I just cannot get get the kids to sit down and and all listen to a book. And um, it's it's pretty difficult because right now we have a situation where Clara is scared by like just she knows it's about witches and she's scared of witches right now, so she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, and so I do, we do have the luxury now of the two parents uh, and two kids, meaning that like I will go read with Gwen somewhere. On, either on the couch or the book uh, bed upstairs and Jess will watch a show and cuddle up on the couch with Clara for a little bit at the end of the day. So it is like a luxury that we have in that, you know, there's one adult per child. So we're able to do that. You're going to really, it's going to be very, very challenging for you to find uh, a time to read it. What I would suggest, and I think I might've mentioned this way back when on this show but like there were books that i read as a kid that were read to me by enid blyton called the faraway tree um and uh and i read to gwen and clara and those books i think are really awesome they're really magical and they i think they hold up for a, a, a good amount of age ranges like you could read them to like various age ranges and people would all enjoy them. So I would look at something more like that. Harry Potter, like Gwen is, Gwen is eight and Harry Potter is 11, like the, in the book, like first year he's 11 and the book I tended to be for an 11 year old, but you can read it aloud to an eight year old. She's totally, there's no objectionable content. It's fine. But the intended audience was an 11 year old and it goes up year by year. So just knowing that, like, I know he probably wants it, but you know, he's, he's still young. He's still young for it really. Um, so, uh, and if, if you do, it, the other two are way too young. And so it would be like finding time just with him to read the book. And one thing I'll say, she does a really good job of starting the book, but the first chapter is told from uncle Vernon's point of view. Uh, Harry's a baby who's been dropped on the porch. Like it takes a while to really like, you know, it's multiple chapters before there she, he's at Hogwarts and stuff like that. All of the stuff that we know and, and love, it takes a while to get there. Uh, so, I mean, he, I'm not saying he wouldn't have the attention span, but I could understand why a kid wouldn't if they were a bit young for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I, I think that book really does require like, a probably just, you know, some time Caden and I to, to read it. And I think, uh, I think that's what we'll end up doing. I mean, like I said, we're going to, we're an audio book, actually an audio book in the car. If, sure. if you wanted to do that as well. Uh, but again, like, I think it would be, I think Caden would like it, but maybe the others may, you know, it might be too young. Although Izzy's having a good week. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. As we've established having a pretty, pretty good week. Uh, She's like, this I, is easy. Just let's go right to the deathly hallows, dad. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Let's just skip to the end. Uh, no, there lots, lots of, uh, lots of stuff to get through before that. Um, but I think that is going to do it for our episode this, uh, this week for Dungeons and Diapers. Uh, Crofton, thank you so much for joining me to regale us with your stories of, uh, God of War Ragnarok and book watch and all that fun stuff. Uh, but if you want to find more episodes, you can go to tgistudios.com slash dad you can email the show dad at tgistudios.com. Let us know if you uh, have heard of Park Alpha, Beta, uh, Omega, those sort of things. Um, what did you do over the weekend? 
Uh, what library books are you trying to read that Crofton's, uh, you know, pressuring you to read? Not pressuring you. How, just... how do you deal with teachers? Yeah, that's a fun one. That's actually, a, uh, I'm sure everyone has those stories, uh, definitely. And, you know, no no teacher is exactly the same uh, as others. So there's always, every year, it's always, it's been, it's interesting. I think we're having, we're having a good year, though, for teachers, you know, at the Murphy household. So I, Especially I, I, Izzy. <laughs> yes that is the theme izzy's having a good week um but you can follow us on twitter you can find me at r murphy crofton at crofton sears and the show at dnd cast that is going to do it for this episode of dungeons and diapers hope you're having a good week like isabel is and we'll see you soon bye everybody bye everybody